All right, and we're back with another episode of Inside Sports Fantasy Football. It's Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos, Game Source, and also the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Thank you so much for listening to all of our great programs. First of all, I want to go ahead and make sure and let everybody know that from all of us at Inside Sports Fantasy Football, from Chris to Jason to everyone else out there, including myself, we hope you are safe and healthy out there, you know, as best you can under the circumstances. We know there's some rough times going on now and in the coming months ahead. So we just want to hope that everybody out there stays healthy, stays safe, and just, you know, do what they can to work together to try and beat this thing going on with coronavirus because it is something I know that's dominating our society, our species at this point in time. We just, like we said, right here at Inside Sports Fantasy Football, wish everyone the best going forward and and let's all stick to this together and see what we can do to come out through this uh, as best as we can. But we are talking football because there's some things going on in the world of professional football. And here with me today is a good friend indeed. He's back on the program. We're off of a hiatus, dusting off. I've been doing that a lot lately, dusting off a lot of stuff on all my shows, dusting off the old Inside Sports Fantasy Football. It is a good man indeed. And it is Chris Lardieri from Inside Sports. And Chris, glad to have you back on the show. Thank you, Gerald. Um, uh, again, want to echo my sentiments. Hope everyone is uh, safe. I know these are uncharted waters and times, but uh, you know, uh, if you're working from home like I am, uh, you know, I've been trying to go for a walk in the park every day with the kids and break the day up. But uh, I hope everyone's safe and we can bring a little bit of enjoyment via football and fantasy football to take your mind off of things and uh you know in the in the depths of all this negative news we've been watching lo and behold i woke up monday morning to a number of free agent updates and uh alerts and and it was nice for to have a cnn alert about tom brady and not the coronavirus and i'll tell you what it's just something that is very surprising to see that after all these years unceremoniously dumped i think is probably the two best words i could describe it very disheartening if you're a Patriots fan to see the way it's uh, parting ways between Belichick, between Brady. But let me ask you this, my friend. Tom Brady moving on, being kicked to the curb, obviously something that's not what he wanted to do originally, but it looks like it's ultimately the case because he's now moving to Tampa Bay. But let's first focus on the, the New England side of it. As if you know, if you're a Patriots fan out there, and I know they're not going to get a lot of support from everybody outside of that universe, but you know, as a Patriots fan, if any Patriot was deserving of of this type of uh, you know, let's play out to your finish your career type scenario, should have been Tom Brady. But as we've seen over the course of many years, Belichick, once he sees that you're getting close to to a downhill slide or not of much use to him anymore, he discards you like yesterday's garbage. He certainly does. So at least he's consistent in that respect. And then too, I mean, uh, you want to see the great ones retire with their teams that they're legends with. It didn't happen with Joe Montana or Marcus Allen, for instance. And this is another in a long line. But at the same time, I, I think the most interesting twist to all of this is you look at a team like the Chargers, you thought would have been an ideal fit for Brady. Now, did he just not have interest in going there? Did they pass on him? The 49ers, his hometown team, they passed on him. Uh, a lot of irony here and backstory, separate of just the story of the parting of the ways with the Patriots. 
I agree with you. It's just something that is very strange that the Chargers, I thought, would have been for you know, my money, probably the favorite in you know in all this Tom Brady scenario, this Tom Brady circus. I know the Raiders had a, lot, a great deal of interest. I know there were other teams as well. I can see why he went to Tampa Bay because he's got two stud receivers there. And they just got to improve the running game a little bit enough to go ahead and distract the defense, to go ahead and just at least have more options available to Tom Brady. I mean, if they get another receiver as a number three coming out of there, they're really going to be something as far as from an offensive standpoint, as long as they can block Tom Brady should be very impressive. But your thoughts on him going to Tampa Bay? I mean, receiver wise, you have two. I mean, we've talked about this. One of the surprises out of last year, for especially for fantasy football fans, was the fact that not only was there one top 10 fantasy receiver in Tampa Bay, but there was two as well. Absolutely. I think it's probably the best one-two tandem in, in football, never mind fantasy football, at the wide receiver position. And you look at Jameis Winston through, you know, despite his 30 interceptions, 50, over 5,100 yards last year. I think that bodes well for Brady. Now, will he get that many yards through the air? I don't know, but... I'll go out on a limb here and say that Brady won't throw as many interceptions. So receiver, his receivers in Tampa will be a lot happier with his accuracy, let's say. I agree with that. Even if he throws for like 4,000, 4,500 yards, if he has a more respectable, what, uh, three to four to five to one TD to interception ratio, I mean, already right there, there's more possessions on the field that Tampa Bay can go ahead and utilize as opposed to what they had with Jameis Winston and 30 touchdowns, 30 interceptions. I mean, those interceptions were, he, he's a gunslinger, plain and simple. And while you got, it's feast or famine, but also the fact that he had what, since 2015 or 2016, 111 turnovers total. So he's fumbling the ball a lot as well. Yeah, he's a turnover machine. Um, I, I think the other interesting sidebar to this signing is Bruce Arians, the quarterback whisperer. You look what he, he's done throughout his career with Ben Roethlisberger, Andrew Luck, uh, kind of rejuvenating Carson Palmer in his career. And and honestly, uh, you know, at times Winston looked a lot better than he did earlier in his career. And I, I think this will be an, an interesting combination here with Arians, who's known known for working with QBs, and Brady, who uh, has just known one system his entire career, albeit with uh, Belichick and Josh McDaniels, a large chunk of it. But it'll be interesting to see. You know, Arians is more of a, a downfield passer, passing idea type guy. So uh, let, let's see. I don't think Brady has the arm, but maybe he'll open him up a little bit to not just throw the, the slant routes over the middle type throws. That's the thing. Can he throw deep? in order to go ahead and provide some relief. And I still think they need either a slot receiver or is O.J. Howard as someone I know is not so de- near and dear to your heart. No. You know, with the faith that you provided for him over the past couple seasons and how he unfortunately did not win out that faith. <laughs> you know, they, they should do a little bit more to fortify it. But yes, with the two receivers that they have there, Evans and Godwin, they really got something going now. And again, you have someone there that's going to reduce the number of turnovers on the field. So that should provide a lot more opportunities for Tampa Bay to go ahead and get that ball in the end zone. So that could be something very interesting to look at for fantasy football owners. I don't know how much it improves the Tampa Bay stock as far as overall as a team. We'll have to look at it as far as from both ends of the ball coming up 
whenever they do decide to go ahead and play NFL football again. But for now, I think getting Tom Brady for Tampa Bay was a it was a very good move because out of all the QBs that were available, I think he provides the I, I want to say the least amount of worry when it comes to a turnover aspect, as opposed to let's say Philip Rivers or Teddy Bridgewater. You're worried about the injury effects there. Yes, he was five and zero in New Orleans, but is he someone that's going to be healthy for you long term? I think Tom Brady was probably the safest bet, no matter if you, what you're going to do, because you're going to pay anyone in that area twenty five to forty million, anyways. Completely agree, and uh, the only other alternatives being Cam Newton and Nick, Nick Foles. You could, then you go into the status like Nick Foles, he's feast or famine, yep. and with Cam Newton, is he going to stay healthy? Yeah, is his arm even good anymore at this point after multiple surgeries? So, yeah, I, I agree of, of all of them. Yeah, it seems like a lot, $30 million. But when you look at uh, the numbers that were potentially being thrown around for Dak Prescott before he got franchise tagged, and uh, even what Rivers got, one year at $25 million, uh, you know, I don't I don't know what film the, the Colts are watching unless they think a change of scenery will help. But uh, Phillip Rivers looked atrocious down the stretch this year. And that's something to think about because, yes, he did go to Indianapolis. I mean, he had a, two quality backs and a quality wide receiver in Los Angeles. And it, like you said, to me, I think it was more of an issue there of declining returns, something that we saw out of Eli Manning, you know, that was some that you're familiar with, it being a New York Giants fan. Mm-hmm. That uh, I don't know. That's more questionable to me, and I, it's kind of weird to say that because Philip Rivers is younger than Tom Brady, but Tom Brady at least is not going to turn the ball over, in my opinion, as much as Philip Rivers is. So I thought he was a less risky proposition for a free agent quarterback. Yeah, the lesser of all evils in that respect. Absolutely, but there was a lot more to talk about, including, like I said, Teddy Bridgewater, Carolina. Your thoughts on that? I mean, again, you have someone that performed very well in a backup role. In fact, he came in in and replaced Drew Brees while he was injured to a 5-0 record for the New Orleans Saints. Obviously, that, that got him into the limelight as far as someone that was a marquee free agent out there. Your thoughts on Teddy Bridgewater? Had that just atrocious knee injury a few years ago that kept him out most of two seasons. And you always got that in the back of your mind as far as it's concerned, how his knee is going to hold up and how his legs are going to hold up in a new offense. But do you think that was the way to go for Carolina, getting Teddy Bridgewater over Cam Newton, who looks like he's going to be finding another home at some time very soon? Yeah, I'm I'm kind of mixed on that. Now, with Teddy Bridgewater as a guy you're signing for three years because you plan on drafting another quarterback or perhaps trading up into the top 10 to get one of these top prospects, uh, then, then maybe it's good. I think Teddy Bridgewater is probably the back, best backup quarterback in football last year. Uh, maybe at best, the middle of the road starting quarterback. You have to remember those five games with the Saints. He's got Michael Thomas. He's got Alvin Kamara. He's got Sean Payton calling the plays. So those things all helped, and he still didn't really light things up uh, compared to a Drew Brees. What I'm wondering, though, is is maybe, you know, maybe the Panthers are saying, hey, uh, we like this guy. Um, if we do find our quarterback of the future here in the draft, whether it be this year or next, this is a guy who's you know, a great insurance policy. Um, he can start if our young guy isn't ready or gets hurt. So 
maybe that's their thinking. I just have this sneaking suspicion. This is, this is one move of two and they're not uh, Matt Rule, the new coach down in Carolina is not just handing the reins over to Bridgewater long-term. So of all these different quarterbacks, and then let's include Dak Prescott being franchised and all the other quarterback moves that are being made. I mean, not all of them have been decided because we talked about Cam Newton and whatnot, but for the most part, there has been quite a bit of transactions when it concerns quarterbacks changing locations, so to speak. I want to hear your thoughts after it's all said and done, who you think got out the best and who do you think got out the worst when it concerns quarterbacks changing or even staying in their current location with all these free agent deals going on? So with Dak, I think their backs are against the wall in the sense that they wanted to lock him in for one more year, see what he can do. Maybe that buys him some time to renegotiate. And then they went around a couple of days later and gave Amari Cooper $100 million, which I, I think is just counterproductive. Um, you've given Elliott all this money. Now you're giving Cooper all this money. Uh, big picture, are you just ticking Dak off more? Or are you going to be in a situation where if you decide to keep Dak, you're going to have so much money tied up in your top five offensive players on that team that you're going to have a skeleton crew uh, around him and on the defensive side of the ball. So while it's not a, an indictment on Dak, I just think uh, in the big picture with the multiple pieces of that puzzle, I just don't get it. You know, if you, if you have that much faith in Dak, give him the money. You can draft another receiver. You could find another receiver. I mean, there are uh, plenty teams. Look at the Chiefs. I mean, they, they, Tyreek Hill is a great receiver, but they, they draft guys like Hartman, and, and they're just guys that come through that system that they find in the draft or free agency every year. You can easily do that. This is a different NFL. It's not like where uh, receivers were a commodity like they were once upon a time and a Randy Moss type only came around every so often. So in that respect, I think that's a head scratcher. The Rivers won. It's one year. Maybe they think Jacoby Brissett's not the answer. Maybe they're looking for a young guy and he's just a placeholder for a year. But uh, at that price and given his output, um, kind of wondering if maybe Eli Manning's having second thoughts about not at least wanting to be a backup given what Rivers and Bridgewater are getting paid. Uh, I say that half in jest and half seriously. So those are two that made me scratch my head. In terms of an interesting signing, I don't know if this will pan out, but it kind of flew below the radar during the flurry of announcements and the Tom Brady news. But Marcus Mariota going to the Titans, if you ask me, that tells me Gruden doesn't have a, a total vote of confidence in, in Derek Carr. And then two. You mean to uh, the Raiders? To, the, to Raiders. the Raiders, I'm sorry. Yeah, so going to the, the Las Vegas Raiders, which is hard to say, by the way. I, I think, too. Tell me about it. Little, <laughs> you would know more than anyone. But looking into it a little, you look, and both Gruden and Mayock, when they were worth, back in their previous careers on the TV side, when Mariota came out, had a lot of high praise for him when he was uh, being drafted out of the University of Oregon. So could this be this year's Ryan Tannehill? Look, no one thought a heck of a lot about it when the Titans – signed Tannehill off the scrap heap to be a backup and uh, guy ends up being a starting quarterback, taking his team, the AFC championship and getting himself a nine figure uh, new contract with the Titans. That's what I'm worried about. You know, with Ryan Tannehill, I mean, I don't know. That one makes you scratch your head because he does, he did have that performance. He did have that, you know, let's, let's take my team all the way to, to where it has and surprised everyone and obviously got rewarded for it. Is it going to be something that, like Nick Foles, that the Titans are questioning You know their decision-making two years down the line? Because look at Nick Foles, had a great Super Bowl performance, came in, subbed in, 
you know, rekindled that one year of, of brilliance that he had before. And then all, you know, all of a sudden it's gone to pot because he got injured. Jacksonville with Garden Minshew came in, replaced him. And Nick Foles is, went somewhere else. He went to what, Chicago, mm-hmm. I think, Nick Foles? Yes, Bears, yeah, right. I don't know if Tannehill is going to be someone long-term because he failed once before. And that's to me, that's that's the problem with me. When I, when I see someone that's failed before, is it the system or is it the quarterback? Now, right now, it looks like it was the system when he was in Miami, but I don't know. I mean, could this be a situation like Nick Foles when it comes to Ryan Tannehill? Or could it be something where, you know what, Ryan Tannehill just needed the right place to go and he's going to be a solid quarterback for years to come? I'm still up in the air about that, but I I agree with you. Marcus Mariota was a nice get for the Las Vegas Raiders. And if Carr doesn't get it done, then you know what? Mariota could step in and fill that role quite nicely if he keeps his turnovers down. (laughs) Big Big if. I guess Gruden's going to have to beat that into his head. But, yeah, I agree with you on Tannehill. And the other thing, too, is is he a function of Derrick Henry's success or vice versa? Or is it that there's a better coaching staff in Tennessee? I don't know. I, I think that one's a head-scratcher because it's uh, – again, I believe they, they extended him out three more years. But at the same time, I don't think you've got the the injury risk that you do with the Bridgewater. Who's, uh, and while he's made a nice comeback, you've still always got to worry about that. We'll be right back with more fantasy football. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. I see the potential for basically like another Netflix kind of paradigm shift where here comes this other major player. They have a ton of resources. Apple could change the way that entertainment is consumed. They say it's the only time this year that you'll have stars from each brand battling each other. And we know it's not going to be the case, but they like to say that and more power to them, I guess. Well, it's a big first step bringing all those superheroes together. There were definitely some parts of the movie that I that I really enjoyed. And then there were some parts that I thought just kind of fell short of expectation. Part of it has to be something to do with how it's being promoted. And this is a thing where audiences do not agree with critics. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse, every week on Apple Podcasts. And over a dozen of your favorite streaming and podcasting options. But my friend, there was a lot more to talk about when it concerns all the movements going on. We'll pick up the free agency later on in the show with your thoughts on the other positions outside the glamour position of quarterback. But there were some interesting trades that have gone on during this time of the year as well, including what many are saying is the worst NFL trade of all time. Uh, I don't know if you want to st- actually, you know what? We'll save that for next. We'll go with Stefan Diggs. Uh, you know, I, I know Stefan was very unhappy in Minnesota. I'm not sure I would have gone ahead and just traded him for just four picks, but it is a first involved. But I want to hear your thoughts on trading Stefan Diggs. I would have waited out for something even more extensive for his talent. But again, that's just me talking. I'm a little bit more conservative on that side of the, the spectrum when, it, when you have a top player like that. But I guess four picks is not bad, but you got a first rounder in the fray. But I want to hear your thoughts on Stefan Diggs uh, going to Buffalo in you know in, in exchange for four different picks and and hear your thoughts if that was the right move for Minnesota. I think it was. When you consider, and we'll talk about the worst trade in a minute that involved a wide receiver and what that team got in return for him. And said wide receiver that we will talk about is a far better player than Stephon Diggs. And that's not to demean 
what he is as a player, what his career has been to. No, to but you're, you're you're talking about you're talking about the one we're going to talk about here in a second, top three receiver to let's say what Stefan Diggs is what a top fifteen receiver. Correct. So for the Vikings, regardless, I mean, someone made them an offer, uh, four picks, one of them being a first rounder. And like I said, with the, the amount of wide receiver talent, not only in the coming out of college these days, but this draft is wide receiver heavy, some experts say. I think it's a great deal because Diggs has, has been a problem. We've seen him throw his helmet, flip out on the sideline. I don't know if he doesn't like Kirk Cousins or if he's just one of these, you know, dating myself here, or Keyshawn Johnson, just throw me the damn ball types on every play. Um, I don't know. So good, good for the Vikings. They didn't think Diggs is a good fit. And then hand in hand with that, uh, they restructured Cousins deal and gave him a couple extra years on it, I believe. So their vote of confidence is with the quarterback and they've got Adam Thielen too. So if you can get that much for a wide receiver, who's you know maybe at, or just hitting the past of his, the peak of his career, why not do it? You can get another receiver. I hope so. I mean, he was productive when he's in there and he's healthy. He he's productive. I, I'm going to give you that. And it's, sometimes it's hard to find those uh, elusive wide wide receivers within that top twenty type of status. And I think he was at least that. You know, you did get a first rounder, so you hope you can use that on a wide receiver or maybe even one of the other picks that will get some type of uh, volume or production in return. That leaves you with Kirk Cousins, who at one time was very shaky but close the season out very strong. He seems to have a tendency to do that, to close out the season strong enough to go ahead and, and justify his existence in the starting lineup. So I want to hear your thoughts on Kirk Cousins real quick. Would you have kept him on with the starting quarterback? And who's he going to be throwing to? I personally wouldn't have, but you know, given the fact that his contract was so loaded with guaranteed money, Perhaps the Vikings restructured it and gave him this pseudo vote of confidence and said, we'll invest in you a few more years. But maybe uh, I haven't looked into the details of it. Maybe it'd be easier for them to cut bait in a year or two if they think he isn't the answer. But uh, I, I think it was more a financial decision than anything. Separate of Adam Thielen, I'm not quite sure. But, you know, I just feel like every year there's a receiver that emerges after the first round. Cooper Cup with the Rams a few years ago. DK Metcalf with the Seahawks, or even one of these uh, free agents that kind of fly below the radar. They may not be a huge name, but uh, guys that can give you production that are, are starting receivers that can catch balls. Um, you look at uh, even, even with the bills, you know, with, with Diggs going there too. Um, I think too, they've got a nice little core of receivers around them. Like John Brown, for instance, someone like that. I'm not saying he's a, he's a great receiver. I'm not saying he's a replacement for Diggs. But he's a starting wide receiver in the NFL, and he'll get you some production. So maybe there's someone like that still lurking out here for the Vikings. Uh, let's hope so, because of the fact that a lot of the workload is going to be placed on Adam Thielen's shoulders, if that's the case, and uh, you know, and you're stuck without another, you know, top-ranked diversion on the other side of the ball, and you, you only have really just one major receiver to go to those are situations where it's kind of tough where you just have one receiver to focus on and the defense focuses on him as well if that's the case and you know minnesota the times could be there as far as still trying to get it forward into the nfl playoffs coming up in the next season but without stefan Diggs, it's going to be a little bit harder i know i'm sounding like i'm a little bit higher than you on stefan Diggs. i still think the fact that when you have two premier wide receivers on a team to me, that's something right there that provides you an alternative 
when you go ahead and you you have those options as a quarterback, to me, that's always something. When you have someone that's not as viable of an option and you only have one major receiver to, to look at, that could be something where it, it's also a problem for the offense. But when you, as a defensive side of the ball, it just looks like something that they can go ahead and focus more on and almost take you completely out of your offense. So that's why I'm saying that's to me, I just love that those two wide receiver combos that are really productive because again, it provides so much of a, uh, you know, alternative look for your offense. Definitely. I agree. I just think uh, my, my suspicion is if you're going to give up on a digs like that, you've got to have some sort of contingency plan. So let's see what they do with these draft picks or, even go out there in the free agency world, but by no means can you proceed with just Adam Thielen as the the top target for Kirk Cousins. Fair enough, indeed. Once again, I'm talking to my good friend Chris Ardieri from Inside Sports. You got to catch what he's doing today at Chris L Sports on Twitter. Plus, also see everything that's going on with sports on the Inside Sports Facebook page, or check it out today. You know, whenever it comes out of the, our shows, you give us that five-star review. It helps fantasy football fans get a hold of our show and be more aware of it. And that's out there by going ahead and giving us a five-star review and subscribing to us right here at Inside Sports Fantasy Football. Well, my friend, we can't avoid it much longer. We got to go ahead and talk about it. And that is, I'm looking at it as well. And I'll tell you what, it is absolutely a horrible trade and if i was a houston texans fan i would be absolutely livid right (laughs) now livid almost as much as being quarantined for 30 days and that is (laughs) deandre hopkins and a second round pick i believe for david johnson and just two picks beyond that and one of them was a second rounder i think the other one's a fourth this is going down amongst many pundits as being the worst or one of the worst trades in NFL history. And I know there's a lot of the behind the scenes stuff, a lot of things that are coming out that, you know, allegedly they're, they're coming out of the, the reports out there and you know, the inside scuttlebutt and all that and about lifestyles not suiting to Bill O'Brien's tastes or extensions or pay raises also being asked for on DeAndre Hopkins's part. I'm just going to tell you this. I just spoke about it when it comes to Stefan Diggs. And I told you, you need two prolific re- receivers when you get up to the line. And I I'm just feel sorry for Deshaun Watson because, you know, this didn't need to happen. You got, you've got a back, David Johnson, who is no longer, or at least hasn't proven in a while that he's no longer at the level he once was. A lot of injuries there. He's not going to give you much more than you had at the running back situation last year for the team, I don't think. And you give away DeAndre Hopkins for basically a chunk of change. So I want to hear your thoughts, my friend. You know, are you as as flabbergasted when you saw that trade as pretty much everybody else was? Yeah, and and here's what made it more confounding to me. When I got the first alert, you know, everyone's got to be the first to report. And it came across as, uh, I'm not going to point any fingers here, I'll, I'll let it be, but uh, that the the Texans are trading for David Johnson. And I thought, well, all right. He's kind of a uh, younger, more injury-prone Carlos Hyde. Uh, guess they're going to see if they can revitalize his career at the Texans. And then shortly after that, when I saw, and it came in a separate alert, and my 12-year-old son had the same reaction, that Hopkins was going to Arizona. I, I Two things stand out to me, okay? First of all, Bill O'Brien, uh, there have been many case studies throughout professional sports in the NFL 
where a head coach should not be a GM. How this happens in the 21st century and how he continues to keep his job is beyond, beyond me. I don't think he's an average coach even at best, but for him to be calling the shots and clearly letting emotions get in the way and make these decisions, you look last year even when he traded Jadavion Clowney and you could say, well, the Texans still made the playoffs and they actually won a game this year and lost the eventual Super Bowl champions. But I just don't get it. I, I He really should not be a GM. I don't think anyone in 21st century sports should be a coach GM. I mean, we don't see player coaches anymore, right? So I don't know what the heck he's thinking. I can only theorize that it's this personal vendetta or issue maybe they've had throughout the year or previous years. I'm not sure, but this is the first I'm hearing of it. It's not like Diggs where you saw it on the sideline. It's like OBJ where it was well documented for many years and those really didn't surprise you as much. Um, I don't get it. Second of all, from a fantasy football perspective, I had Kyler Murray last year. I like what Cliff Kingsbury did with him with limited talent. You put, if if not the top receiver, I mean, it's up for debate, but like you said, at a minimum, he's a top three receiver in the NFL. You put him in that offense with a developing young star quarterback, I think that's great for for Murray, for Hopkins, tangentially. Who knows? Maybe even Larry Fitzgerald in his swan song gets a few more targets because teams are going to key on Hopkins. I think it's great news for Arizona Cardinals fantasy football uh, players on their team. Oh yeah, and if you're going to buy in stock or have Kyler Murray on on a you know holdover team, and you're, you're smiling right now because Kyler Murray is now being projected as a top ten NFL fantasy football quarterback, and I'm not going to say I disagree with it otherwise. And Deshaun Watson moves down on that list as well. Completely. And I, I think Murray could basically be this year's version of Watson. He's He's got the talent to throw to. He's got Kenyon Drake back in the backfield. And uh, let's not forget this. The guy ran, I, I believe he ran somewhere north of 500 yards, had at least a handful of rushing touchdowns. I wouldn't be surprised if those numbers continue in that range, or he may even get a few more if uh, teams are going to say, all right, you're not, you're not going to beat us through the air, Murray, and we're going to take Hopkins away from you. This guy can just get up and run. He's that mobile and athletic. So uh, I think all around, this is great news for Kyler Murray owners. If you've got him uh, locked for the 2020 season, great. Otherwise, move him up your draft boards. We may be headed to the replay booth, but we'll be right back with Inside Sports Fantasy Football. Coming soon from Rob McCallum Films, Zero Cool Films presents Action Figure Adventure. Super collector Jay Bartlett hits the road once again in search of action figures, most iconic and noteworthy and rare figures, all in the name of creating the most ultimate action figure auction ever. He fronts the cash, the charity benefits in the end. What will he get, how will he get it, and how well will he do? Find out November 1st, 2020. This and many more from Rob McCallum Films. I don't know. Just when you, when you go ahead, you're not thinking clearly as I think Bill O'Brien was, uh, you know, it's just, it's, it leads to a team's downfall. And I have a feeling once the NFL season is over or maybe even one more after that, although I think it'd probably be just after this coming season, I think uh, the Texans ownership will probably have had enough of Bill O'Brien and, uh, you know, first of all, he should not be the GM and the coach. Those GM coaches things, they very rarely work. And, uh, you know, I just don't think that's good to go ahead and do both because it just leads you into problems because you're, you're not focusing your attention on one particular thing. 
the entire amount of time. And I, I just think the assessment and the scouting and the, the in-depth analyzation that you can do as a separate GM or vice president in charge of player personnel, the whole nine yards. I just think that should be separate from coaching. And to me, when you try to do both, you're not going to do your best doing either at the same time. Completely agree. I mean, they're both very intense full-time jobs as standalones. Uh, how could you possibly do that? And uh, you take the salary cap or the new CBA or contracts in general. It's, it's a lot of work. It's uh, I'm really amazed that the Texans let it go on even past this year. I mean, they should have just did a little PR spin and say, oh, you did a great job, Bill. Uh, this isn't a demotion, but it's too much for one man to handle. And you keep focusing on coaching, which uh, you ask me is lacking. Just look at the way he went for it on the fourth down in his own territory in a divisional round game against the Chiefs. So uh, yeah, I like came back Bill, and bit him. Yeah, it's not like this is Bill Parcells, who, you know, I'm a, I'm a big Parcells fan. But uh, as an executive, I think he had a lot to be desired. A lot of his success with the Giants was due to their late general manager, George Young, not, not Bill Parcells picking players. Well, I'll tell you what, my friend, this is just something that's head-scratching indeed, and we will see the probably residual effects for some time to come if you're a Houston Texans fan. But you're also going to see the big bonus from it if you're in Arizona, and this puts Arizona on the map as someone to contend with. And if you're a fantasy football owner out there, when you're going to go ahead and draft, when you're going to go ahead and make your teams, Kyler Murray and obviously DeAndre Hopkins, you know, DeAndre Hopkins will stay high up on the list, but Kyler Murray will now be a very hot commodity come draft time, I'm sure, at the quarterback position. Yeah, and I think, too, an underrated running back will be Drake. I think uh, with, with that new weapon for Murray to play with, Think about it. Uh, if you key on the pass, now you got Drake running the ball. And he had a nice nice year in his time with the Cardinals. Is he going to get a full year now to work in the Kingsbury offense? Uh, I, I think that's kind of one of the, uh, I don't want to say undervalued, but maybe a little bit below the radar running back that you can get later rounds. Well, my friend, we've discussed a lot of things on today's show. But before we head on out, I wanted to ask you this. There were many other signings, free agent signings that were happened all over the league. And, you know, they're just, it gets mind boggling to see all these different faces changing places and whatnot. Can you tell me one, two or three or, and, you know, whatever you want to say as far as some of the interesting free agent signings that you think are going to help teams or maybe some interesting signings that in changing places that might help fantasy football owners as well? Yeah, so... This isn't one that's going to be a real interesting one to a fantasy football player, but big picture, the Colts trading for DeForest Buckner, guy is a stud, one of the top defensive tackles in the league. And I get the 49ers, you know, they uh, they got a first-rounder back for it, so they got compensated, and they've got some depth on that defensive line up there in the Bay Area, uh, and, and Buckner is making a nice chunk of change. But I, I think what that does for fantasy football owners is it shows you uh, the Colts are really getting formidable on the defensive side of the ball. And given the fact that that uh, AFC South, it's in turmoil and with the Texans and the, uh, and we all know the Jaguars are a hot mess right now. So kind of positions them if, if Rivers does pan out or even if he gets hurt and Brissett can actually play, the Colts might be a team from in an interesting for many facets, fantasy football wise, um, not the least of which is their defense. 
but uh, I do think they're building a nice team there. It's a good story. And who would have thought, you know, what about like nine, 10 months ago with Andrew Luck abruptly retiring right before the season started, everyone thought this would be a team in shambles and they've really done a nice job there. GM Chris Ballard. So while not a signing, I, I thought that was very interesting. Um, in terms of any other free agent moves, uh, you know, I, I think everything is so quarterback heavy right now. That's what everything, everyone focuses on. But um, yeah, I'd, I'd have to say getting back to the Cowboys, what they're doing and tying up this much money and their star players. Um, while from a fantasy perspective, you may think it's good. Um, I don't think big picture that's good for the Cowboys. I really don't. And you're, you're not going to see them be able to have any sort of depth or talent around them. Kind of like what was happening in New England with Brady. At, at the end of his run there, he really had no receivers to throw to. And then finally, while it hasn't happened yet, I'm really interested to see not only what the, the Patriots do at quarterback. Do they trade for an Andy Dalton? Do they bring a Newton or a Winston in? Do they draft someone? Who knows? But uh, I think what, what's interesting here is Belichick loves to wait for the big names to be signed, for the big money, teams reach and overpay, et cetera. Does he start now acquiring some wide receiver talent, maybe to surround this new quarterback with in New England? We shall see. But no, finally, uh, while I do think it was smart for the Vikings to trade Diggs, I think that's a great move from the Bills, and I think the change of scenery there will be the clear number one. Um, hopefully Josh Allen's accurate enough and doesn't fling the ball away and, and actually completes some passes to Diggs this year. But I do like that move, and I think fantasy-wise, that's it's a good move for Diggs. I, I think he'll do well in Buffalo. Well, you cannot say any longer, Buffalo, that they don't have an offense to speak of because Josh Allen now has a target in Stephon Diggs. He now is someone that can be a top 20 wide receiver. In fact, I think he can still has a chance to be a maybe like Ron Fringe's top 10 wide receiver. I just think that you can no longer say that they don't have options in Buffalo. I mean, it was a defensive-centric team, and it still to an extent is, but – you're like you're like you said, Josh Allen has to prove that he is a quarterback, and you're now surrounding Josh Allen with more and more talent. It's up to Josh Allen to prove to everyone out there that he is that quarterback that everybody thought he would be when he was drafted. It's just a matter of can he go ahead and put it all together because he now has an option in Stephon Diggs that wants to be there, that wants to be the man has every opportunity to be the main wide receiver on the team and be one of the most prolific wide receivers in the NFL. It's just a point where can Josh Allen get him the ball? Does he have enough talent to go ahead and, you know, step up to that next level and be, uh, you're not asking for maybe a top five or top 10 quarterback, but as long as he's in that top 15 quarterback level, I think that's all you really need and because they have such an outstanding defense to rely on. Definitely. And I think this can help Allen. You know, he's, he's much maligned for his play in that wild card game and his turnovers, but now that he's got a, a clear top line, number one wide receiver, he's got Beasley and Brown as his other receivers. I think Singletary's a, a, a just kind of a, a guy on the cusp of becoming really a star running back. I think this bodes well for his stock. I also think it helps Allen because too, like you said, he's got another weapon, but this is a guy who can run the ball, like we had mentioned with Murray. And from a fantasy owner, there's some value there. Even if he only throws a couple touchdowns a game, he's got the ability to pick up those yards and even score touchdowns. And as we know, a rushing touchdown for a QB is six points versus four for a pass. So I, I think this helps Allen big picture. 
Well, it's going to be an interesting season whenever we do get it underway because there's been a lot of great changes going forward. There's still probably more to come. We're going to keep an eye on it. And if we need to come back on the air to talk some major changes, uh, I know, Chris, you want to go ahead and, and do so. I'm also hopefully going to line up Jason Dutch at some point in time here in the near future as well on Inside Sports Fantasy Football. But before we head on out, my friend, I want to go ahead and give you a chance to tell everybody out there your thoughts on this free agent season per se. And, uh, you know, just for some final thoughts and recollections on what's going on and maybe going forward. Yeah, um, I think it's been a great diversion for this country and the football fans of America. The, the one thing, and I'm, I'm sure you could speak more to this being a, a resident of the great city of Las Vegas, but thought it was interesting. The league said they're going to move forward with the draft and there was some vagueness to the announcement, but it sounds like it's just going to be a made for TV event. And while I know you wanted to be out there with the 600,000 people cheering or screaming or that little outdoor setup they're planning to have there on the strip, I think it would be cool if they do still hold it in Vegas, even without a crowd. I, I think that would send a good message, but uh, let's face it. The NFL inherently is a made for TV event. So I'm kind of hoping the, the coronavirus subsides enough where they could still hold that draft but on the bright side if they can they push this thing back to may i mean more power to them and people will be watching and i think uh i think all in all this this you know half week of free agency so far has been great it's great every year i look forward to it but i i think we needed it even more it's nice to hear sports talk to have something to talk about something to actually watch on tv as opposed to uh doctors or you know, discussions on how March Madness was completely shelved and the, the Vegas sports books and casinos are really feeling the hit. Uh, I think it's just been great for the psyche of America. And please, NFL, GMs, you could drag this out another week or two longer. That'd be great. That would be great indeed. So that would leave a lot more people, including us, to a lot more to talk about as a diversion from what's going on in the real world out there. And yeah, I, I would have actually enjoyed going to the NFL draft and all that if we would have had our own booth for Inside Sports Fantasy Football with you on the left and Jason on the right talking <laughs> about all the great things going on. That's probably the only way I would go down there and and get in the mix with all that with some, you know, 600,000 drunk fans out there. I don't think I would uh, really be interested in doing that, mind you, because I've, I've already been down to the strip at 600,000 people and drunk fans out there already <laughs> before in my lifetime. So it's not something I haven't seen before. But yeah, you know, it, it would be great if we could go ahead and, and see more action going on, see more trades, more free agent signings for us to talk about, because it does detract from what's going on with the seriousness of the coronavirus. And I'm just going to say this, uh, you know, I don't want to get on any political note or anything like that nature. I know about the Lakers fast break, uh, you know, my, my good friend Laker Tom of Lakerholics.net has a tendency to go ahead and do that. I'm just going to say, please whether or not you take this seriously or you don't just humor the rest of us and take it seriously for at least to the point where you're staying inside, you're staying self-isolated. You're not going out and showing off that you, you don't care because you know what, this could be something that, that we saw with Rudy Gobert of the Utah jazz. He didn't take it seriously and he was the first one to get coronavirus. And you know, you see the fallout from there where the person he was guarding against Detroit, Christian Wood, and his own teammate who was sitting next to him contracted the virus shortly thereafter. So, yeah, to me, it's just something where you don't want to be that person that doesn't take it seriously and gets affected adversely because of it. 
because that can lead to some long-term ramifications for that individual down the road. So please, even if you don't take it seriously, even if you think it's media overhype and yada, 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 et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, just please humor the rest of us that are worried about their loved ones, that are worried about, you know, you know whether you have uh, older parents or grandparents or uh, younger kids or, you know, you know, individuals with that, that could be adversely affected because they have underlying health issues. Just please, just for the rest of us, just take it seriously for even a short bit of time that you can go ahead and, and help keep everybody safe and, and try and get through this thing together and, and not have any adverse reaction because you, you do something now that you might regret later on, a lot of people will hold it against you. At least that's the way that we are in this, this cancel culture that we have right now. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. Well said, Gerald. And, and two, no one's invincible. I even saw in the news tonight where they're saying younger people aren't taking this as seriously and they think it's just another strain of the flu and it's not i mean look at what's going on in italy the hundreds of people that are dying by the day and they've had these re really restrictive uh policies in place where they don't want people on the streets so uh this is not something to mess with and look at what it's doing to the economy too stay safe i'm not saying you have to be a shut-in it's good to get out even if you have to run to the store or go for a walk around the block but we're past the point of where no this is just a really bad flu season like this is this is serious when kevin duran who's not even playing right now he's rehabbing a serious injury gets it uh i, I don't know what else is going to get through to people the, the gobert thing should have really opened your eyes but uh i think for me to hear that Durant got it i was just amazed i mean this guy is a physical specimen and isn't even playing in games right now how the heck did he get it so uh him and three other brooklyn nets yeah and we don't even know who they are yet so that that's the only one that got leaked so yeah it's uh no one is immune that's just a shame because you see you know i, I as i said on the lakers pass break you know I, I i drove by the golf course and i saw up until the mandated closure of everything earlier today as we're recording this there were people playing golf People in my age bracket, people in you know the the really ad adversely affected age bracket, they didn't seem to care. They're in groups, not social distancing. I mean, you go you know go to certain places. People are were right next to the Dutch Brothers or the Starbucks and just drinking their coffee. With others like it's nothing's wrong, and or they're out in their social media and they're showing pictures of them shaking hands and things of that nature. You just don't know. You don't want to be that person that adversely affects the lives of others. I think that's just very irresponsible. And even if you're saying it's media overhype and not taken seriously, please, for many of us that do, just humor us just for a little while. Just see what goes on. And if it does get better, you know, then it means that we're taking a step in the right direction. Yeah, I heard uh, New York Governor Andrew Cuomo on a, a podcast today interviewed about it. And he basically said, we're not trying to scare people. You see the impact essentially it's having on the economy. This is... This is for our own good. We need these drastic steps because we're seeing overseas what happens when they're not taken. So regardless of your political affiliation or beliefs and conspiracy theories, et cetera, this is real and people are telling it not to infringe on your civil liberties. It's because this is a pandemic. This isn't an outbreak. It's a pandemic now globally. So please uh, stay indoors whenever possible. Completely agree with you. Well, if there's anybody out there that has any questions for the show or would just have any comments on some of the trades, especially the DeAndre Hopkins one <laughs> and many other things, Tom Brady going to Tampa, was that the right move for him? 
you know, we want to hear your thoughts at Chris L Sports on Twitter. So you can get a hold of Chris and he'll go ahead and, and right back at you, you know, send you out some love as well. You know, if you want to go ahead and just talk to us, isfantasyfootball at yahoo.com or if you want to go ahead and get us on Twitter as well, it's Inside Sports FF at Inside Sports FF on Twitter. We cannot thank you enough for supporting us, listening to us, and just hope you will continue to go ahead and just try to do the best you can to get through the situation. Think smart, think safe, think healthy, and let's hope you will be smart, be safe, and be healthy going forward. And here's to everyone out there that's listening, to all your families and whatnot, just continued support and love from all of us at Inside Sports Fantasy Football. <laughs>